Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, August 25th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders of ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, and we are here live Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, of course, and what this show symbolizes is we're just, what, four days now after tonight away from college football, which means tonight's our last night, and we're going to preview all of the conferences in football, give you our winners, and we're going to talk the AFC East tonight as well. We're going to break down who's going to win that division in the records, but, but Trey, man, I mean, I'm I'm a little sad in a way that you know, no more really predictions of the preseason, but I'm also happy that now we get to preview actual games. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fun time since previews are always fun. But Wednesday we start actually talking about the actual games which are coming up. No more uh, no more global type of you know scenarios. We're talking about game on game, so we'll be t- doing just like we did last year, Tarvin, with our you know, can you beat the host? So that starts again on Wednesday. I'll be posting that out uh, early this week on the, the first games up. Well, Trey, and, and for everyone out there that that's wanting to pick games, I mean, there might be, you know, we probably have several hundred people that actually put wagers in on football games. I'm not supporting that, but I do have some, some very strong plays. And early in the season, in the college football season, Vegas, they can do all they can do to make point spreads, but I found six point spreads so far that they've missed probably at least by six, seven points on each game. And I'm going to be sharing those, Trey, so I, I hope you're ready to make some money. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to make any money off that if there's money to be made, Tarden. Hopefully some people who like to bet may, may do that. Hey, hey, I don't bet, but if you win off my picks, I get 25%. Does that sound fair to you? <laughs> if you're going to put them on the air, I think they got to be free. Okay, yeah, you're right. Since I don't gamble, I'm, I might as well just give away my picks for free. I don't want to profit off of it. But, I mean, there's a lot of great games out there week one, Trey. I mean, it's not loaded, but there's some interesting games that people aren't really talking about, and we're going to we're gonna go over those Wednesday night as well. And tonight, Trey, we're going to do a new segment. We do your rant, of course. We're going to keep doing that. But tonight, you know, my wife said something about it, and it made a lot of sense. Confessions of a college football junkie. I mean, are you a junkie or not, Trey? That's the criteria you have to meet tonight. And if you are, you need to call in and tell us why you think you're a college football junkie. Or maybe your wife thinks you're a college football junkie. Or maybe you're a husband and your wife's a college football junkie. We just want to hear about it tonight, some stories, Trey. I think this could get interesting if people open up and, and really be honest. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a uh, well to see. I mean, this is where our collegiate fanatics should be calling in to tell us about, uh, you know, their 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 love of the game. I mean, I know people Trey that that actually during their wedding actually they watched the football game or or maybe they they called off the wedding because of of a game coming up. But rule number one that I didn't follow my own rule number one is getting married during college football season. Trey, I was suckered in to get married in October, and that's October sixth is is a. I mean, I'll never forget that day. It was a great day, of course, and and I don't regret it. But there was a lot of good football games on that day. I was married. LSU, Florida were the top teams in the country, and they were playing that night. And um, you know. Am I a college football junkie? No, I didn't watch the game, Trey, so I guess I'm not a junkie then, am I? Well, you know, there's a lot of people who base weddings around. Uh, You know, mine was in August, which was, um, you know, I was actually in Mexico, and I missed some football games too, uh, but I didn't didn't seem to to mind so much. So, you know, it just just depends, Carmen. I mean, you know, you got to draw that line somewhere. Are you a junkie? Do you base your, your schedule when it comes to August? Are you on hiatus from weekend plans? That, that's it. I mean, to be a junkie, you have to meet several criteria, and it's got to be Trey and I's opinion. We have to agree that you're a college football junkie. And and if if I if I agree and Trey doesn't, guess what? You're not good enough to be a junkie. So at the end of the night, if people participate, we're going to give our winner tonight, and we'll vote on it and and have some fun with it. I think it'd be something fun, Trey, to, to hear people's stories. So so we'll hit on that a little bit, and Trey. We're going to start out just a little bit of baseball, of course. I mean, this is this is August, almost September, so baseball season is heating up, and that AFC or uh, excuse me, the AL East race going on right now is just something amazing. Boston right now up two to nothing on the Dodgers in LA. Trey, they just seem like they've just owned this series, haven't they? Well, I mean, Boston is is a very good team, and I got to sort of. Uh, pat myself on the back a little bit, Carvin. I predicted them to win the division. They're a half game up over Tampa, and they could be a game up if they win tonight. Uh, and, you know, this team is just very well put together. They have good starting pitching. Their bullpen's kept together this year, and they've had, a, despite a lot of guys going on the DL, they've been able to overcome that throughout the year. So Boston is looking very good at the right time. Now, they are 4-6 and six in their last 10, Carvin, so, you know, a win tonight maybe helps them get on the right path because those Rays, are breathing right down their neck. And, you know, the Baltimore Orioles aren't going away five games back. And, Tarvin, don't look now, but the Yankees are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they're only six and a half back. So anything can happen in the East, and not to mention we're not even including the wild card. So. Do you imagine – I mean, I don't think people understand how strong this division is, Trey. The fourth best team in this division, the Yankees, 69-61, and 61, that's phenomenal. You have four stellar teams right now, Tampa Bay, Boston, Baltimore, and the Yankees. Toronto, Trey, they've had a bad year with some injuries, but they're a good baseball team as well. They have talent. I mean, do you do you see another division out there anywhere close to this, honestly? Well, I mean, no. This is, this is clearly the best division uh, in baseball. I mean, even uh, their worst team is obviously Toronto, 58-73, who is supposed to be, I think, uh, I recall somebody picking them to win at least something in, the, in our, our pick them. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a guest or, or one of you or I. I know I didn't do it, but I mean, Toronto is the worst team out there, and they have four teams who are in playoff contention. I mean, the Rays, uh, you know, right now are winning the wild card, 
But Harvin, I mean, don't look now, but you know the Baltimore is two games back from the wild card lead, and the Yankees are only three and a half games back. So you have four teams, uh, all within three and a half games of the playoffs. And you know the the thing is, can't two of uh, three teams from the same division can be in the playoffs now with the two wild cards? I mean, I mean it's very possible that it could happen. I mean, you don't. I mean, it probably won't, but. It would be interesting to see three of those teams in the playoffs, but just a just a little do not panic, Braves fans, just yet. I mean, you know, they lost three in a row to St. Louis, Trey, and and the sky was falling again. But here come the Braves today, pulling off a big win on the road, just to make sure they didn't get swept and to hopefully take some momentum back to the next series. They are 13 games up since the Nationals lost today. They did pick up a game, but. Are you still going with your prediction that, that you're still feeling possibly collapsed by the Braves, or are you pretty safe with that 13-game lead right now? Well, I didn't, I didn't predict the collapse. I just said that it happened last year, and the Braves <laughs> needed to be careful. I also want to point out that uh, that you know, Paul in the chat room indicated very strongly that the National League Central isn't far behind from the AL East, and he's exactly right. Um, Pittsburgh and St. Louis are now tied in the NL Central, and the Cincinnati Reds are only two and a half back. So, and actually what's crazy about the NL Central is all, both of the wild card teams could actually, and looks like they will actually, uh, come from the NL Central. So, the NL Central is going to probably represent, have three actual teams in the playoffs where, uh, you know, the AL East is at least fighting to get two teams in because the Oakland Athletics are right there and so are the the Cleveland Indians. So, uh, you know, Tarvin, you know, Paul's got a point because there's you know, three teams up there battling for uh, the National League uh, playoff spot, and they're all three in the same division. He's right, but if if what I'm saying is there's four teams in the East, and I just think the teams in the East, the American League, are so much better than any team in that National League Central. You could take the Yankees right now, and they could beat any of those three teams, I think. You know, in Boston, Tampa, Baltimore, all the, they're just a better division, I think, overall in depth. And and big news coming out of Philadelphia today, Trey. Roy Holiday pitched six innings today, got a win. I mean, they're 19 games out of first place. Do you bring him back this time of season right now, or do you do you hold him off and let him fully recover, making sure? Or, I mean, I just don't understand why they brought him back. Do you have any explanation for that, any insight? Well, they brought him back because I mean, one is they had some they had some injuries and they and that big eighteen inning game they had the night before really burned their starting pitcher for today's game. But I think two, Tarvin, you're looking at the Philadelphia Phillies and they need to they need to sort of figure out where they are for next year. I mean, this team is uh, a team that a lot of people thought had some talent enough. They're you know nineteen years back. They're not going to be in the postseason this year. But if Roy Halladay is the kind of guy, if he's done. They need to know about it. You know, they need to know about this season. So, you know, you don't have to throw him out there and have him go seven or eight innings and burn his arm out. I mean, you could have him go five, eighty, you know, eighty pitches, uh, and you know, pitch the major league competition and see what you have. Yeah, I, I mean, they're trying to make it, get their money out of him too, and he's old. So maybe the rust. He he needs it. He don't need to sit around another year almost waiting to pitch. But that's probably it. But the Dodgers, Trey, are ten games up. I just don't see them collapsing this time of year. The NL Central is something to watch right now. Texas, Oakland are battling it out. Texas up two and a half. Detroit's pulling away from Cleveland, six games up on them. But 
this baseball season has been very fun. It's been unique. And, and Trey, just in a, from a fantasy perspective in baseball, why do you think the scoring is down more in our leagues? I've looked at, at my team, and, and I used to score, and I used to have great teams, don't get me wrong, but the league scores used to be sometimes 370, 350, 330, but now it just doesn't seem like teams are breaking 300. Am I wrong on that? Well, I think what you're you're seeing is there's less home runs. Or, you know, the power has gone down. And you're know, back in the heyday of fantasy sports where you may get a guy who hit five bombs in a week and it wasn't abnormal to have a couple of those guys on your team because, such, you know, there were so many guys hitting 30 and 40 home runs. Well, now the 40 home run guys are very, very few. I mean, right now you have Chris Davis, uh, and right now you have, you know, Miguel Cabrera, and that's about it. I mean, they're – there's not another guy right now out there who's really tearing it up. You know, Miguel Cabrera is on the verge if he can take down Chris Davis to win another triple crown. And I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, it is. And you're right. The home runs have gone down a lot. Is it because the steroids are not being used as much, or are the pitcher just getting better, Trey? Or maybe the balls? Is something going on with the balls? No, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that baseball's getting it to be a cleaner game. Uh, you you can just see it in the physical bodies of these hitters. I mean, you know they're not um, they're not you know as big, and you know, you don't see hat sizes changing as in Barry Bonds. So you know you, you just see a difference in in guys trying to do it the clean way. So you're gonna see you're gonna have it where more 30 home runs is you know the normal for a power hitter. Okay, well we just touched on Major League Baseball for a second, Trey. I don't know how many listeners out there are are Little League World Series fans. I I really enjoy watching that. Today, uh, I didn't enjoy watching the ump screw California and giving Japan that game, Trey. I don't know if you got to catch it. Yeah, I I caught as much of the Little League World Series as I always catch, which is really nothing. So I I did not catch it, Tarvin. Well, I mean, ever since I got MVP of the Little League World Series that year, I've been a big fan. Right, right. I, yeah. for, I forgot about your little league World Series uh, dreams. I was 18 years old and I cheated and got into that World Series doing no hitter. <laughs> the guy need me. I had to. <laughs> I made sure I was shaved real good, you know, make sure I didn't take my shirt off just in case. But uh, I really enjoy watching that. That's baseball at its purest for the most part. You do have those teams that that cheat, kind of stretch the envelope with players sometimes. But Japan, Trey. How are they so dominant in this? I think they've won three out of the last four. They they repeated here. Why are they so dominant in Little League Baseball compared to the United States, really? Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. I mean, uh, certainly, um, you know, when you're going against international competition, Tarvin, I mean, you, you know, um, sometimes a large city like Tokyo, which is the winner this year, can produce a lot of talent. There's a lot of people in Tokyo. Yeah, there is. And uh, speaking of of international sports here, I don't know if you heard Pete Rose's conversation about Ichiro's hits. They were, what did Ichiro have over four thousand hits, and they were counting the, his Japan when he was in Japan with his hits. Do you agree or disagree um, that that those should count his days in Japan? Well, it counts to the extent that we can look at it and, and think of. How talented of a ball player! I mean, they did the same thing. Excuse me, the same thing with Hideki Matsui when he hit I don't know what number home num, home run number it was. You know, combined with his U.S. totals, with his Japanese totals. I mean, it's great for baseball. 
it's great for the Japanese leagues and the players when you because you kind of you know say look how great of a career they've had in both places. But does it count overall? Do I think Ichiro is a better hitter than Pete Rose? I mean, maybe. I mean, there's a chance that Ichiro would have been pushing 4,000 had he been in the U.S., but he but he wasn't. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. count CFL and you know NFL stats. I mean, and, and in sort of the same realm. I mean, I don't think the Japanese league is as competitive as MLB. So. Uh, do I look at it and does it make it make some some sense, Tarvin? Absolutely. Ichiro's been a fantastic hitter. He's going to get 3,000 hits in the U.S. and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But does it make it's not the same thing, Tarvin? Okay, just getting your just getting your input on that because I, I, I think Pete Rose even said, "Hey, why don't you count my minor league days?" Because he was a professional, and I, I think he has a point there. I think playing minor league baseball is. I think you're better than you are if you're playing in the in Japan, actually. So just want to throw that out there for everybody. And let me get the call-in number real quick, 646-716-5564. We're about to get into our football talk. But, but Trey, I don't know if you've heard about Lamar Odom, the story with him going on right now. No, actually, I haven't. He has been missing three days, 72 hours, actually, um, the Kardashians tried to do an intervention, and, and they believe that he's out on a heavy drug drug binge using crack cocaine. Um, I guess I don't remember that he had a drug problem in the past, but that's pretty scary, Trey. I mean, these binge drug addicts like this hitting the hardcore drugs, this could be very dangerous for Lamar Odom right now. Well, I guess, you know, two things strike me uh, now that I think Paul posted the story in the chat room. Two things strike me about this. One is, um, how is the NBA not suspending him? How have they not caught him, I guess, in the drug test if he's taking crack cocaine? And then the second thing is, you know, Tarvin, I guess if I was married to a Kardashian, I think I'd have to use drugs too. Yeah, I think I would use something heavier than crack cocaine probably. But, uh, I mean, feel bad for the guy. I think he's a good guy and everything. But, you know, some people with problems like this, Trey, it's just, I mean, he kicked it during the season and everything. But long term, it's, it's not hard, but they tried to get an intervention for him. He turned it down. He left. Um, not a good sign right now. I know he's having some marital issues, and crack cocaine can do that to a marriage, I believe. But I don't know. I just I just feel bad for the guy. I think, you know, maybe he'll get right, get things turned around just for his sake. But you're right. I mean, let's, let's talk about the NBA drug testing policy if you want to. I mean, I, I just don't believe he went a whole year without using it if he was into it, like they said. So we'll follow up on that story later. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Trey, preseason football in the NFL, has anything happened that you've been watching that's going to really impact this upcoming season? Anything surprise you, maybe injuries or anything like that? Well, I think not necessarily surprising, but I think it will impact us this year. I think you know, Kevin Cole. Uh, had another concussion. And, you know, what's sad about that is, you know, we can say – you know what you want about Cole, but how you know he was an NFL starting quarterback or whatever. But he actually has always been an above-average quarterback. But unfortunately, he's always been plagued by concussions. It looks like this one might be his last uh, last go around, Tarvin. So I mean, how does that impact the Bills? Well, you have an EJ Manuel starting quarterback who they drafted in the first round out of Florida State, uh, but he's going to miss the entire preseason or has been missing the entire preseason because of knee surgery. So. I mean, now the Bills went out and signed Matt Leinart, and they picked up a quarterback from the practice squad of the Lions. So, you know, Buffalo just went from a team I think some people thought might be decent this year, even with a rookie quarterback, to a team that just 
I mean, Tarlin, they may be the worst in the NFL now because, I mean, let's say E.J. Manuel doesn't play or isn't ready for the start of the regular season. I mean, how successful do you think you can be with Matt Leinert and a uh, practice squad quarterback? I mean, that, you know, Matt Leinert has been a guy who hasn't been able to actually stay in the NFL healthy. I mean, he, he's a one hit away from being out himself. And then you have a practice squad quarterback if Manuel can't go. I mean, the Bills, I mean, this has to be a disaster scenario for them. Oh, Matt Liner was running a Kentucky Fried Chicken right now. Now he's back in the NFL, man. Go figure. The Buffalo's in trouble, Trey. I mean, we'll talk about this division in a few minutes, the AFC East. But, man, there's some bad teams in this division. Uh, and also, I, I guess we're going to do our predictions of each conference again. And, and I think, you know, after watching the preseason, doing some studying, I'm liking the Bears more. I know I've picked the Packers, I believe, in the Central or whatever it's called now, the North. Um, I, I really like Chicago now. We might, I may have to change that trade before the season starts. That's the only time it could count. But, but looking at these preseason games, I don't really put much stock into them as much. But looking at Tampa Bay, um, their quarterback situation over there, Trey, I'm, I'm very worried about Tampa Bay being able to compete in the South. Just, just watching this. What do you think about Freeman and his ability to lead? I mean, he's terrible. Well, Freeman's very inconsistent, and he still seems to make a lot of, indes- I guess, indecisive throws uh, and, and coverage lapses where he doesn't read the coverage correctly, and, and that leads to turnovers. He, he seems to have happy feet a lot. Um, I mean, the problem is, is that, you know, this is one of those situations where you wonder if it's coaching or if it's something that just he isn't um, isn't the kind of guy who can take the pressure of an NFL quarterback, but He's put together so many good seasons. I mean, he had a really good season before. So it just it just makes me wonder whether he's NF, he's going to be an NFL quarterback or if if maybe he's just a guy who's not getting coached appropriately. But, yeah, I agree with you. He hasn't looked good in the preseason. You know, at times last year he looked really inconsistent. So um, not really sure where to go with him. And uh, we're going to talk about the division, the AFC East, in a moment. But, Trey, let's take a caller real quick. I think this this could be someone I know. This could be Big E on the line. Big E, man, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Sitting out on the front porch listening to the sirens going off. You didn't know I moved to the inner city, did you? I didn't know that ever. Where at? Birmingham? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Boaz. Okay. What's going on? What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just thought I'd call in and see what all y'all was talking about and see if you had anything you wanted to ask me or any of my opinions or Whatever, I didn't really have anything that I had on my mind. I just Well, I will ask you one thing, Everett, since you called in. We just talked about it. The I just wanted your opinion. I know today you watched the Little League World Series game and, and Japan versus California, and I know probably you watched the umpiring in that game. I saw a post you had on Facebook, too. Tell us about that and, and what the umpires did real quick before we move on to our it's NFL preview. The, the umpires are atrocious, man. These kids are coming from all over the earth to play in a tournament. And I understand that they're volunteer umpires. That's fine. But that don't mean because you're a volunteer you've got to suck. I mean, cut me some slack. These kids are playing their hearts out. You know, at least they can do is get the calls right. I mean, strike zones are terrible. Uh, there, was a, there was a play at second. It was a force play. And... It, it it wasn't a tag play, but the kid went ahead and tried to make the tag after the force was already applied, 
and it ended up having the guy had to end up challenging it to get for him to get the call right. And it it took them a total of about five seconds of looking at it to say that they made a mistake on the call. And this was after the umpires had already got together and discussed it. And obviously the four of them couldn't get the right answer. Uh, you know how I feel about umpires and officials in general. They suck. They're terrible. They're horrible. And, you know, there, there's got to be some sort of accountability. I, I mean, you know, I know you umpired and call basketball, and you know I've umpired and called, uh, you know, football and stuff. But, you know, there's a difference between what me and you do for, you know, $20 a game and what these guys are doing, you know. Especially when you're talking about NFL or major leagues or, or college, you know, there's so much hanging on the game. It should never come down to an official. And, you know, when they blow these calls, there should be some sort of accountability. I mean, a suspension, a game check, whatever they get paid for that game or something. And I guarantee you if you start holding the officials accountable for their horrible, sucky calls, they'll get better or they'll get out because they won't make anything, Uh, you know, and – I mean, there's countless numbers. I mean, me and you've talked before. There's countless numbers of calls that were just horrible. And and you you well, you look at whoever you're, you you look at whoever you're watching the game with and say, what? How'd they make that call? Well, I mean, well, what do you say to the people out there that that talk about the little league umpires that they do it for free? I I think they should should drop that and actually choose umpires that, that have over the season been chosen by the umpire association, the UIC, uh, to, to represent in that. Because I don't like the fact that they're volunteers because it makes people feel bad if they get on them too hard. Bottom line is they're umpires. They're out there to get it right. There's a lot at stake for these kids. They play all year to get here. Everett, I think they, they should just drop the uh, the whole free umpire thing. I think they should too, and believe you me, they ain't worth free. They're terrible. They're not even worth free. I mean, they're not getting their money's worth for free. So I mean, it's you know when you got a strike zone that one in and a pitch inside, six inches inside the strike, and the next in and a pitch, you know, six inches inside the ball, you can't expect. I don't care how good the kid is, you can't expect him to 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 pitch a game. When when the strike zone's moving inning to inning or every half inning for that matter, and it wasn't just a kid from California. The kid from Japan was the best pitcher in the tournament. Uh, he was the the best international pitcher in the tournament, and the kid from California was the best USA pitcher in the tournament. They both struggled. They they both hit their limit on pitches by the third inning. So um, or, or well, the kid from Japan made it into the fourth inning with about ten pitches left. So. You know their limit's eighty five, and they're hitting the they're hitting the pitch count by by three innings out of six. They didn't even make it. You know, barely made it halfway through the game. So obviously, you know, they they didn't just go from being the best pitchers in the tournament to to sucking that bad. And you know, I don't care what you say about pressure or you you know whatever you want to blame it on, but you know, they weren't. I mean, I sat there and watched pitch after pitch. I'd say, he'd say ball, and I'd say, that was a strike. And the next pitch, he'd say strike, and I'd say, that was a ball. I mean, it was terrible. It was. And, and, and Big, yeah, I just, I just think they need to be held accountable more than that. And Big E, thanks for the call. We have to go to a commercial break right now. Uh, appreciate the call. We're going to play this commercial. When we come back, 
Uh, we're going to get into some NFL talk, Trey. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt. Well, ActionWare Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. ActionWare, where your design comes to life. And we are back. I want to thank Big E for calling in, uh, talking about the Little League World Series. Trey, see, I'm not the only one that has that feeling, right? I mean, I guess so. I mean, it's good to know that, you know, ESPN's exploiting young kids for a reason, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good people get fired up for stuff like that, I suppose. Uh, I, I just can't do it, Tarvin. Well, well, Trey, our fantasy draft is coming up in our league, and, and I have to bash you for a moment, just, just to everybody out there. Uh, I looked, uh, I asked Trey yesterday just to remind me, I said, Trey, when is our uh, draft? And we pay money for this league. It's a big competitive league, and it's a keeper league. And he tells me that the draft is August 31st, and it never dawned on my mind when I when I heard it before that that's the first day of college football. So, Trey, everybody wants to ask you this question probably. What are you doing scheduling a fantasy draft on a Saturday? Well, and, you know, here's where it gets interesting since you wanted to call me out. And I, you have to know that I put an email a month ago, and that's when, you know, people said, hey, I'm only available at this time. Tarvin, of course, never responds because it's all he does is wait till the very last minute and then complains about the – you know, he's he's that guy, guys. He waits till the last minute and then complains about the draft date. Um, you know, 10 in the morning on Saturday, can't work for him, and it's got to work for him, so – and just know what I'm dealing with, guys. Just know. The yeah, but, you know, Auburn Auburn game starts at, what, 7 Eastern that night, and it's such a tailgate when you go to ball games. You can't just pull up to the, in the parking lot and run to the stadium. You have to make it a day. So, And I know the cell phone reception in football games are not that great. So, Trey, I just need you to be flexible for me one time and, and move that. So I thought I'd just throw that out there. Not bashing you too much, Trey. I would never do that to my fine co-host here. But – Fantasy football is here, and, and there's a lot of people that play fantasy football, and, and they're wanting to know, Trey, is in a in a quarterback league, is there is there a quarterback out there this season that, that you're that you're looking at that really nobody's talking about? They're not in the top ten, maybe that could they could come in and, and be a sleeper, maybe, and help someone win a Super Bowl this year. Well, I mean, I think it's it's hard as a quarterback because the league is so stacked on really really good players. And those are the ones who, um, you know, who, who you need to get a hold of. But I think if you're looking at the next tier of who um, who you might want to pick up, I'll tell you the guy under the radar, Tarvin. I, you're gonna you think I'm I'm sort of smoking uh, some some crack cocaine myself, like Lamar Odom is. But I really think the guy who could have a really good fantasy year, he had a good fantasy year last year, is Tony Romo. I think he may end up in your top five or six. The way I look at it is. You know, if you're drafting Matt Ryan, you may want to draft Tony Romo. I think that um, Romo could end up around the Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan uh, above Tom Brady, put it that way. So I'm looking at Tony Romo to be a better fantasy quarterback than Tom Brady this year. Well, I mean, Tony Romo is a top ten quarterback in fantasy. I really like him with all of his weapons, and I like Murray catching the ball out of the backfield, so that's a good pick. Uh, there's a couple of quarterbacks that I'm looking at that are way down on the list and that could have some 
big seasons. I think Rivers, Philip Rivers for the Chargers. I think this could be a year that he puts up some good numbers. And also, don't forget about Cutler. I'm not a big Jay Cutler fan, but with the new offense there, it just seems like he's finally throwing to someone besides Brandon Marshall. And I think this team could be big, Trey. I think Jay Cutler could have a huge year, especially with Forday coming out. Forday coming out of the backfield. I don't know what you think of Cutler, but I think this could be a top ten season for him in fantasy. Well, I mean, it's going to come down to if they can develop uh, for Cutler, if they can develop a secondary receiver to take some pressure off Brandon Marshall. Uh, and you know, in the preseason, the one thing you know that I, I haven't liked is some of the inconsistency I've seen, and in, 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 in I think all. Ashton or Alston, I always mess up his name. Jeffries, uh, the number two Alshon. guy. Alshon, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you know, he's had a couple of drops that are pretty frustrating. I mean, you're talking about you know Cutler hitting him right in the chest and he's dropping the ball. So I think Jeffries has to progress more uh, to take some pressure off on Cutler because Cutler is looking Marshall's way an awful lot. So uh, that'll cut that on Cutler's uh, interceptions because if you're in a league that penalizes you for interceptions, that's where Cutler gets frustrating. Yeah, and, and there's these fantasy the quarterbacks, right? It's so hard, and and you have to look at the scoring, and that's one thing I want to let everyone know before you get into a league, and don't make the mistake of not checking out your league's rules with the scoring involved because, you know, in fantasy football, Cam Newton in most leagues is a top-four quarterback, and it's because of his ability to run the football. And, Trey, I, th- I think I've been burned a couple of times in leagues where I didn't have time to really read the rules and everybody else knows the rules. It's hard to win in leagues where you don't know the value of the players you're getting. But league or not, I mean, points or no points, Trey, who is the number one quarterback, in, in your opinion, in fantasy football right now? Well, I think number one in fantasy, I'm going to go with uh, you know, no surprise here. But for me, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think in depending on your scoring system, I've seen Drew Brees and Peyton Manning up there as well, but if I'm looking at a guy who I think uh, is going to put up massive numbers, because one is the Packers don't have a running game. Uh, they have, it's been 45 games or something in, you know, since the Packers had a guy who rushed over 100 yards, which really means that Aaron Rodgers throws the ball an awful lot. Um, I think the Saints are going to be a little more balanced than they were in previous years, which will take away some of Drew Brees' attempts, but I look at Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers to be your only two guys uh, to have over 5,000 passing yards. I think Peyton Manning will be a close third, but uh, and then Matthew Stafford will be close uh, close behind there in, in number of passing yards. But you're talking about a guy who I think is number one overall, Harvin. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, don't forget, and I agree with Paul, Peyton Manning. I mean, look at the weapons around this guy. And they have a running game. Anybody at Denver you can put in is, is good in the running game. But Ball there this year. I think Manning has a big year, but let's not forget about Andrew Luck, Trey. I mean, this guy's just getting better and better, and I think in the next few years, it might take him two or three. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy. It might not take him that long, but Andrew Luck is one. RG3 is a top-ten quarterback, Trey, and in, in a lot of people's minds I'm seeing, I think he's a bust this year. Well, I think a lot of people are actually on the bus for RG3. He's my starting quarterback in a couple of leagues, but I think the guy who is really a big wild card uh, pick uh, is Colin Kaepernick. I mean, there's a lot of people who think, uh, you know, Jaws just came out from ESPN and said this guy could be one of the best ever with the time he hangs him up. I am not ready to present him with any trophies or accolades yet. I mean, the, the sample size is just too small, and we've seen way too many quarterbacks come on in a very short period of time and make a lot of people look silly. 
But what happens when defenses are able to prepare all season, off season long? And, you know, we don't know if Kaepernick's the kind of guy who's going to put in that hard work. So, you know, when it comes down to fantasy, you know, is he going to be a guy, especially with all the concussions and quarterbacks getting hurt, they start limiting his running, rushing attempts this year. You know, if last year was, they said, okay, too, that's too many rushing yards. Because, I mean, they, you know, you're about 600, 500 yards on the ground is a lot for a quarterback. So, um, you know, he's, he's the big axe factor carbon. Can he do it with his arm, or is he going to rely on his feet? And if he's relying on his feet, he's going to be less valuable in fantasy because he's not going to put up the numbers uh, passing the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and uh, you know, quarterbacks, you have to have a great quarterback in fantasy football really to compete. It's turned more into a quarterback league now, Trey, where before it was a running back league. So let's let's just move over to running backs right now. I mean, Adrian Peterson, there's no doubt that he's the number one running back in fantasy football going into it. But is there a running back? And I believe you think Trent Richardson is a running back that could take that title this year. Yeah, I don't think Richardson is going to get to it this year. But I think Trent Richardson is the kind of guy, if you have a keeper league, that, I mean, legitimately he could end up being um, a number one overall type of pick. I mean, if you look at and just go, just go back five years in your draft history if you have that ability. And look at who has taken number one overall in a non-keeper league, and you'll see differences. Yeah, Peterson has developed. You know, last year he was a clear number one, but before that, who was it? It was Arian Foster for a couple of years. So it's not as if this 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 whole um, you know number one overall quarter, uh, excuse me running back is something that stays consistent for a, a long period of time. So I look at Tarvin. I look at the next the next line of guys. I look at Jamal Charles if he can stay healthy and Trent Richardson. I think those are your two guys who have the best shot to be the number one overall running back if it's not Adrian Peterson. And I'm looking at at Alfred Morris for the Redskins. If RG3 has a good season, or even Cousins, I think he could really rack up some yards. A very undervalued running back, in my opinion. I think he'll be there. Martin with the Buccaneers, I think with Freeman struggling, that could hurt his numbers. But I'll tell you one running back I like is DeMarco Murray for the Cowboys, Trey. I think Romo putting up some numbers, I think he could leave some big holes uh, for this kid. What do you think about him in Dallas? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sort of go on the opposite. Opposite. I, I think I think he has to have a good year for the Cowboys to make the postseason, so it's an interesting pick in that regard. But I, I'm not so sold on him in fantasy. I look at him, Murray, and the way I look at Ray Rice is I look at somebody coming along and taking carries eventually from that guy. So I'm going to go against you on that one, Tarvin. Okay. I mean, it's just somebody I like. And, and tell us about uh, – Give us this running back. Say you need a backup. Say you have two running backs ready. Say you have Adrian Peterson and maybe you have a McCoy or somebody. Is Reggie Bush this year with the Lions, is he a good option to add some value at that running back on those bye weeks? I think if you have a flex option, he's not so bad. But I think if you're looking at a flex option, uh, the guys I like a little better, I like Stephen Ridley out of New England. I still think that, New England's going to play some very poor competition this year, and we'll get to the East later. But I think Ridley's going to get a lot of fourth quarter touches, and I like, you know, we're talking about maybe getting some rushing touchdowns. So I like Ridley as a flex option. And the other guy I like better than I like Reggie Bush, uh, who is falling down draft boards, is MJD. And uh, you, you haven't seen MJD drafted this low in a lot of leagues for a long time. So you're talking about a guy who you're able to pick up in a lot of leagues as a flex running back. So 
uh, you know, look at him too as well, Tarvin, because I'm seeing him go around the same draft positions as Reggie Bush and DeMarco Murray. Uh, and the other yep. guy, Tarvin, I, I look at is, you know, people are drafting Frank Gore around the same time, and I, that's a big mistake. I think if you're going to take a late-round flyer on somebody, take the backup. And you know who the backup is, Jason Humphrey, in the chat room. That's who I take. Yeah, and, and Trey, there's a running back in Green Bay that, that I really think could have a good year, and I think Paul agrees with me on this. Eddie Lacy, I mean, the guy's a beast. You saw him play at Alabama. If he stays healthy, Trey, I mean, I really could see him being the steal of the draft almost on draft day. Yeah, Eddie Lacy has a shot, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say 90%. That's how secure I am in this prediction that Eddie Lacy will have. He he will break the Packers' uh, large streak of not having a guy with 100 rushing yards. Eddie Lacy will be the guy this year to to get the Packers back above uh, a guy rushing over 100 yards. So I mean, you know, look for Eddie Lacy to have. I would say actually to break the thousand yards this season. I think he's gonna be that good. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a beast, and if he stays healthy, I really like him. And, and MJD, you talked about him falling. He's old, Trey. I mean, he's got a lot of miles on those tires, and running backs usually don't stay successful. But I'll tell you a running back that I stole in this draft, and it was I think it was the 15th round, and I don't know how I got it, but it was David Wilson for the Giants, Trey. I think he could have a big year if, if the Giants have a successful season. I think it's going to be because of David Wilson uh, being productive at the running back position. Yeah, I think people often forget with the running back how quickly good running backs become very poor and then people you've never heard of become stars. Yeah, that's an aspect too, Turbin. I'll tell you another name that I really like, and that's Daryl Richardson. He's the running back for St. Louis. He's the starter. I think St. Louis is going to be a much more balanced offense this year. Bradford's going to be pretty good. It looks pretty good in the preseason so far, which I know doesn't mean a whole lot for the regular season. But I look for Daryl Richardson to be a, a hundred, excuse me, a thousand yard cup of back this year as well. So, so is uh, Lacey going to be your your best running back out of all rookies this year? Well, now I'm changing my prediction. Yeah, I mean, I had Le'Veon Bell as my number one rookie running back, but now with his limb fracture injury and six being out six weeks. Le'Veon Bell is, is not my pick overall now. I think it's Derek Lacey. And my second running back that you want to grab, who's the who's a rookie, is going to be Monte Ball. This guy is going to be the guy holding the rock down. No, no Sean Moreno will not be able to hold him back. So uh, Monte Ball will be my second guy. Yeah, I have him as well on, on another league. But let's move over to the position, trade that I think a lot of people overspend too early on. I think – they get into a draft and they their eyes light up for some reason. But compared to quarterbacks and receivers, I mean, do you rank? I mean, running backs and quarterbacks. Where do you rank receivers at? Really, are they very important to you, or, or do you wait maybe middle of the draft to start getting yours? Yeah, I think it depends on you know if your league is one that counts receptions and that's kind of a big deal for receivers. But if you have a standard sort of system that you're talking about yards and touchdowns, I mean, receivers can be tremendously overvalued. And the other thing is, this is a position, too, that is relatively stable at the very top five guys. Past that, you may have a, you may have new names popping up in there uh, each year. I mean, like Randall Cobb is a guy who is, is you know, uh, sort of flashing up draft boards, and I'm not sure it's fully warranted. Um, but you have guys like that every year who rock it up there. 
And you have guys who get undervalued. Andre Johnson's the kind of guy who has been a little bit undervalued. People forget he was the number one overall fantasy receiver for a lot of years, and now he's not anymore, but he's the kind of guy who can be a three to four. So, you know, Calvin Johnson is your clear number one, but Tarvin, I think the best guy to go for after Calvin Johnson is Dez Bryant. Really? Dez Bryant. Um, that's a good choice for Romo. I do like A.J. Green. I think if he can stay healthy, but the only problem is how good Dalton going to be. But I think you're right. Dez Bryant is that guy. At least you know he's got a quarterback throw into him that's capable of putting up a big season. But Julio Jones, Trey, is another one that, that's getting up there and being a top two or three receiver. I think after this season, I do think Julio Jones is going to be probably a top two or three wide receiver, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But, you know, Tarvin, looking at the other end of this, is the guys who I think are way overvalued. And unfortunately, I think the big guy I've seen is Demarius Thomas out of Denver. I think people right now are like, what? You know, Denver, you know, this, they're going to throw the ball around. But exactly, Tarvin, they are going to throw the ball around. But there's there's a lot of talent on that Denver. You know, I mean, Eric Decker had a huge year last year. They bring in Wes Walker from the slot. So, I mean, there's going to be touchdowns taken away uh, and receiving yards taken away from Demarius Thomas. So, he's not – if you're looking at his numbers last year, you know, I would look for those numbers to go down a little bit. So, he's still a great receiver. But I would not look at him to anchor your, your fantasy uh, football receiving core. If you're, Demarius Thomas is your best, you might be in trouble because if Eric Decker gets hot for three games, Eric Decker is going to be getting stats. If it's Wes Walker, the same. So uh, it's just going to be, you know, Peyton Manning's going to be spreading the ball around. I mean, not to mention the tight ends there and the running backs. Mm-hmm. So look for Demarius Thomas to have a slightly worse year than he did last year. Nothing what Trey is trying to tell everybody, and tell me if I'm wrong, Trey, is don't overspend early in the draft to get a name like Thomas that that you really don't know about. Go after the home run guys if you have them. If there's Calvin Johnson available and you want a receiver, you might as well take the best. But don't don't reach and go down and get a number seven or eight receiver that you don't know. I mean, even Andre Johnson's not worth a first-round pick right now. He's probably worth a fourth-round pick, a third- or fourth-round pick. But, but, Trey, are you saying that really? Don't overspend on these receivers unless you get the top one, right? Yeah, and, and you know, also with that is, you know, if you say going after – in the second round for Demarius Thomas. I think then in the fourth round, you probably could have drafted Marquise Colson and been just as good. So, you know, sometimes it, it's good to be strategic with the guys you pass up. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a sleeper. Uh, I mean, here's the deal. Wes Welker, you can get him midway through the draft, and that's a that's a good option right now. Peyton Manning's throwing to him. Don't go over spin for Thomas and leave a good running back or quarterback on the board. Go down if you have to. There's Jordy Nelson, if he can stay healthy. Cobb, Percy Harvin, you know he'll never play again, probably it seems like. Vincent Jackson is one of those guys. You never know what he can do. But go after guys that that pass the ball a lot if you're a receiver. Go after the Welkers where you know he's gonna, the Peyton Manning is going to be going to him on, on third downs a lot. So Julio Jones is one of the best receivers to me. I know you like Calvin Johnson. A.J. Green is – is somebody else you got to keep an eye on. Brandon Marshall, but also we talked about him, Alshon Jeffrey. He's not on these lists anywhere, but he could be a very good value right now, Trey, if you could get Jeffrey right now because you know Brandon Marshall is going to be double teamed, but you know Cutler's going to have to throw the ball in this new offense. Yeah, and that's a great point. If he if he's anywhere in, uh, consistent, Tarvin, he's going to be a steal. And Paul said James Jones. I don't know if we mentioned him. I don't know if you mentioned him, Trey. 
But James Jones, Paul Ewing, trying to point that out to everybody is a steal. Thanks for that, Paul. And the call-in number tonight, 646-716-5564. And my last fantasy advice, Trey, and I see people do it all the time with when you have defensive guys, kickers and stuff, you'll see in the fourth round sometimes someone will take a kicker and then all of a sudden everybody will follow suit. Any advice on people drafting defenses and kickers, Trey? Yeah, may I, and let me ask a quick question or answer a quick question in the chat room. I, Lacey Key asked us about Ricard Mendenhall. I'll tell you, a lot of people are very high on him. I would stay away, uh, depending on where you are. If Mendenhall is available very late and you're just basically taking a flyer for a bench position or maybe even a flex position and you really need it, that's fine. But if you're looking at Mendenhall being a starter or being a guy who breaks out, I just, I just don't think they're going to give him the rock that much. I think that and the injury concerns – and the fact that they have, they've been drafting backs every year, and there's a couple of those guys still on that um, that roster, then Mendenhall is okay in that regard. But I wouldn't look at him as being a guy who's going to get 1,000 yards this year. But to answer your question, uh, Tarvin, you know, I had a draft a couple weeks or a few weeks ago uh, in an ESPN league, and I, I saw that happen. It was a run on defenses, uh, and everybody was going after the top defenses. And that same round, I was able to grab a very, very talented rookie running back. Uh, so, you know, my, my thoughts on that, Tarvin, uh, if I'm remembering the round, is, is you know, if you see that, stay away from it because it's just as easy to drop a kicker every week and pick up a new kicker and play the, play the odds of who's playing the worst team in the NFL uh, than it is to have the best overall when it comes to kicking and de- defenses. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's always someone – don't be the guy getting midway through – you know, when it's going, when everybody starts taking defenses, don't don't take a defense just to take one because there'll be ones available that's just near or close to what you're you're going to get in that round anyway, and you can get it much later. But I don't know. Fantasy football to me is something Trey that you have to develop experience with. You have to you have to go with your gut. You can't look at fantasy magazines and and things like that all the time and just go by the the projections. You have to really study football and know these these sleepers, these guys that that are steals and people aren't paying attention to. That's the, that's the people that win leagues. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Tarvin. All right, Trey, take over just one second. We're going to start the NFL preview. Yeah, guys, talking about um, the, the our NFL, we're going to move on now. If you have some fantasy uh, football questions, uh, keep them coming in the chat room. We're – not only are we answering them, but you know you guys are answering them for each other. So that's great, uh, just that kind of knowledge. But we're going to move on to our NFL preview. Today we have one of two two conferences left to pick our, our teams, and this is the the um, the AFC East. And last year, just to recap it for you, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets finished at the bottom of the division at six and ten. The Miami Dolphins, with rookie quarterback Ryan Tannehill, were seven and nine. And New England was the only playoff team, and they clinched this playoff uh, berth early at 12-4. and four. So, Tarvin, I'm going to kick us off with a team uh, I feel is going to finish at the very bottom of this division. And with the Buffalo Bills, new injuries at quarterback, and, and with the Jets, I think it's going to be one of those two teams. So I'll start off with the Buffalo Bills, Tarvin. They have a brand-new head coach in Doug Maroney uh, and a new offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you know, Maroney comes from Syracuse, where he was all about setting offensive records for the Big East and for Syracuse. So, Tarvin, 
one of the things people are looking at is whether or not he can take E.J. Manuel, now that it looks like Kevin Colbert out, uh, possibly forever, uh, if he can take him with C.J. CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson, if he can take that offense into something. i got to tell you, Tarvin, unless E.J. Manuel is a, a lot of progressive quarterback and learns very quickly on the job, I don't see it happening this year. I think that the Bills actually take a step back from where they were last year I got that five and eleven. You know, I, Trey. I mean, it's going to be hard to to be worse than the Jets, but I do believe this team could easily be almost just because of their quarterback situation. I don't believe EJ Manuel was ready to take a starting role just yet. I think if you're Buffalo, you have to be very, very careful right now. You don't want to throw this guy out out too early when you could start him in week five or six maybe and, and be more productive. You could really kill and damage this guy's psyche, um, any kind of confidence he has, Trey. I just really don't like the situation right now. Spiller, I believe he's hurt as well, right? Well, no, he banged up his knee. He should be fine. The good thing about uh, the Bills is, is that you know, Spiller and Jackson, uh, you know, that sort of two-way attacker, very, very talented running backs, uh, so if those guys stay healthy, the Bills are going to be able to move the ball. Uh, but you know, you're going to look at a lot of great – this is E.J. Emanuel, or even worse, if it's Matt Leinert. I mean, this is going to be a team that turns the ball over an awful lot from the quarterback position. And they have receivers who I'm not so sure are going to go over the middle and get and get killed for a quarterback who's leaving them out to dry. So, you know, I just look for a lot of turnovers when it comes to this team. I think that's why they're going to lose so many games. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, it's hard to pick which team's going to be the worst between the Jets and the Bills, Trey. It's, it's hard. It's very hard right now because they look like mirrors of each other. But the, I think Buffalo has a little more talent, especially with Spiller there, being able to run the football. And E.J. Manuel, I have a lot more – I put a lot more stock in him than I do Geno Smith. So I'm going to slide Buffalo up to number three, Trey, honestly, um, because of the Jets and their situation. And, and I want to talk about that. Are you through with the Bills right now? Do you have anything yeah, and I'll else tell like you, that? No, I'll tell you, I agree with you on, you know, I'm not so sure which team finishes worse, but um, let's move on to the Jets. Well, I mean, last night, and, and this coach, man, I, I just really don't understand why you would start Geno Smith in the third week, and after seeing how he looked, Trey, I mean, this quarterback looked like a deer in headlights. And all of a sudden, he's starting in your third week. Usually, by the third week, third preseason game, you know who your starter is, and he's out there getting the majority of the reps. But then, late in the you know in the fourth quarter, they put Sanchez in, and he takes a cheap shot. He's got a scrappy, scrubby offensive line blocking for him this time of game. I just think the coaching decisions from this team are, are so bad that I can't imagine them finishing anywhere but fourth in this division. Trey, why do you bring Sanchez out there? that time of game with that offensive line and get him nailed? Well, I, you know, the only thing I, thing I can think of is, one, that he's trying to send a message to Sanchez, which there have been so many messages sent to Sanchez already. Um, you know, trying to get him to lead this team or trying to get him motivated. Or he really just says, man, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep my job with Mark Sanchez as my quarterback. I've got to see what Geno Smith's going to make. Can I get him? Uh, up to speed in a in a quicker manner. The answer is is no. I, I'm not sure you know Smith is ever going to be an NFL ready quarterback, but we'll see if he gets there. So I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I, I've been going back and forth. I had the Jets win five games as well, Tarvin. 
But I'll tell you, this team could win maybe two or three and be and, and win win the lottery when it comes to the the possible clowny sweepstakes. So I mean, the Jets could be that bad, Tarvin. They really could win two games and that's it. I mean, it, it, they could be as bad as the Raiders. Well, I, I just don't know who's the. I mean, who's your third bad quarterback right there? I don't think Geno's there. Just think Sanchez. I mean, he's your starter probably. If he's if he's not healthy, who are they going to go to to start week one? You can't put Geno Smith out there week one. No well, I mean, they may have to. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They may have to, though, and they may just say, okay, this year's done. I mean, the problem is, is Rex Ryan, if the, if he starts Geno Smith in game one, I mean, you can go ahead and say Rex Ryan will be fired halfway through this season. That's what will happen. Rex Ryan will be fired. The new GM who's looking to – I think he's looking to clean house, to be quite honest with you. I mean, any time your GM comes in – with a, a starting quarterback in Mark Sanchez and a, a head coach in Rex Ryan, who he can't or hasn't yet replaced, you got to believe the GM wants to bring in his own guy. So, you know, and that's not the only problem with this offense. I mean, their offensive line is very good. I still think Chris Ivory isn't a starting running back. I mean, there are people in fantasy magazines who say, oh, Chris Ivory, watch out for Chris Ivory this year. I disagree. I think he's the kind of guy <laughs> – who is good in limited reps, but he's not going to be a guy you can give the rock to every single time, including third down. And then, you know, Tarvin, also the receiving core. I mean, Holmes is older, but is Stephen Hill and Jeremy Curley, are they really ready to, to be on a, a team that is effective throwing the ball? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a bad bottom of this division, and, and you know, neither one of these teams have any chance to beat New England, I don't think. But but the team that actually does have a chance to win this division, I guess the only team that has a chance to dethrone New England is the Miami Dolphins, Trey. Yeah, how crazy is that that, that ends up being the scenario, that the Miami Dolphins are pretty much the clear second-best team in this division and the only shot at keeping the New England Patriots out of the playoffs again. Um, I mean, with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback – Pardon me. Is he ready to take a step forward? I mean, honestly, you know, I, I can't sit here and sing the guy's praises. I've never been high on him. And after watching him, I mean, he's a decent quarterback. Will he get better and be able to, to fight with Tom Brady? No, I don't think he will get much better than he did the first year. I think he'll get worse. But I think Miami overall, you know, will be able to keep him okay. He'll be able they'll be able to run the ball maybe and the defense is gonna keep him into some games, Trey. I think they'll be able to to beat teams like Buffalo and the Jets. But what worries me about Miami is when they go outside of that division really, how are they gonna look? I, I just don't have a lot of faith in Tannehill. And and with that being said, I just I think they'll finish second in this division, but I just don't see any way they can beat New England. Yeah, I actually have them getting better. They were seven and nine last year, Charlie. I think they're going to be eight and eight this year. They will not make the postseason, but I think Canyon Hill will progress some. I kind of like Lamar Miller. They're starting running back this year. I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by what he could be. He's a guy who who has a a lot of talent, uh, and we'll see if he can actually um, you know put that together to be a very useful NFL starting running back. Mike Wallace is a guy who isn't going to be a number one type of guy. I look at Wallace being great at times and, and you know dropping a lot of passes at others. I still think Brian Hartline is a very underrated receiver. And then, you know, at the third spot, Brandon Gibson, you know, he's the kind of guy who, honestly, I want to see what, what he can do too. So the, I think the Dolphins are getting better, Tarvin. They're, they're going in the right direction, but they're still a good piece or two away from being in the postseason. 
Yeah, I agree. And um, I just don't know about Tannehill, but let's go to a team that's been through hell this offseason, and they've lost a lot. I mean, they lost probably both of their tight ends, really. Gronkowski's not where he would, where you'd want him to be. Hernandez is going to prison. Trey, I just don't see much defense out of this New England team. That's one thing that concerns me. Uh, they did get – they lost Welker, but they did pick up a, a good receiver. But, Trey, how's this defense going to function outside of this division? I think they can beat up on these three teams that we talked about earlier. But, you know, when the playoffs come, how is New England going to win a playoff game with the defense that they're fielding? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's let's go ahead and say that, that the Patriots are going to win this division. Um, I, I think we'll see how good they're going to be. Um is when they do face this other talent. If you look at their schedule, you know they play Denver later on in the year. They got some. They got some other opponents who I think are going to be um, pretty hard for them to to compete with with their offense the way it is. Uh, Danny Amendola is going to be an absolute crucial key, and he's another guy who I've seen go way high in these drafts because everybody's saying that he's going to be the next Wes Welker, and that's entirely possible. I mean, Amendola possibly could have a 110-catch season for 1,500 yards, and he also could have a season where he only plays four games. So he's a what you call the old risk-reward pick. And honestly, for you know, he could be the, the guy, Tarvin, because we're talking about who is their number two receiver, Aaron Dobson, Julian Edelman. Their receiving core is about as terrible as it's ever been. And so they could, if they, if, say if Amendola doesn't play, Carvin, this offense could be bad, uh, and bad for the Patriots. So uh, I would look at them, Carvin. I got them at 11-5, and five, which is one game worse than they were last year, but it's just because they could win almost every game in their own division. Yeah, I think that's a, a, about where I have them. But the bottom line is, Trey, they win the division. Um, and, and, and we won't go much deeper than that with this team. But do you see them being able to, to be a threat to win the AFC this year? Uh, not unless, you know, if Amendola does come out uh, as crazy as, you know, as good as he could be. And if if, if someone like, uh, like Aaron Dobson uh, just is a lot better than I think he's going to be, Maybe, because um, they have a shot to go to get to pick up six victories in their division. So maybe if they can pick up some more, they have a chance to host a home game. So you know it's always always good to host games in the playoffs. So I, I don't know, Tommy. I don't see it right now. Um, but you know this team went eleven and one in the AFC last year, so they were pretty good against the AFC. Yeah, you're right. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this division because, like Fred, I've been trying to tell everybody is this is. Very bad division, really, and it's not much drama in it now. We know who's going to win this division unless Miami decides to play football this year and comes out of nowhere. But it's going to be Tom Brady's year. Uh, if you're in fantasy football and you're in a keeper league and you have a chance to trade Tom Brady, I suggest you do that very soon. I wish I had it, but I didn't. He's still on my team, but I just want to throw that point out. And trade when we come back from, from commercial break, we're going to go right into college football, so we'll be right back. Family reunions, school names, sports logos, custom designs. Actionware Screen Printing will do all of that on whatever you want. 
hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea, we'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. And we are back. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you want to weigh in, 646-716-5564. We're about to start our college football segment. And, Trey, we're going to run through in just a moment each conference. I'll let you you lead the way on that. We're going to pick our winners. And just to go in some news real quick in college football, I don't know if you heard this crazy story about Urban Meyer and Ohio State made scouts change. They were there at Ohio State, and they were wearing blue, Trey. And he said there's nothing, no welcome of Michigan colors in there. What do you think about that? Well, that's the first I've heard of the story. But, you know, if he wants to play with the rivalry, you know, let him play with the rivalry. I think it's a little bit silly myself. <laughs> I just have to throw that out there. But And also staying in college football, which we will tonight, Justin Worley has been named a starter for the Tennessee Volunteers, Trey. It was a big quarterback battle, a lot of people in this. But at the end of the day, it looks like Jones went with the guy, 6'4", 222, that has some actual game-time experience, Trey. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think both guys end up playing some this year. Look hard. All right. And a little bit of other news, and we, we talk about discipline. We talk about coaches suspending players. And we see them suspended for little things sometimes, maybe a game or so. We've seen some big things. But I just want to see what you think about Stoops letting his DB play after getting a DUI. He was arrested for a DUI, and he had an accident. Uh, Lowry is going to play, Trey. Is, is Stoops sending a message, a wrong message to his team right now? Well, I think, you know, once a guy gets convicted, I think he has to miss two games in the SEC, and Paul can check me on my staff there. So, Maybe he's he's just waiting for him to see if he get what he gets convicted of. I don't know, but I I think there's I just would be very shocked if they found a way for him to avoid the suspension altogether. Because I mean I just don't think that's the right right message to send. Well, Stoops did say we will penalize him when and if these charges come about. Right now we're just going to move forward. But I mean, look, you got a DUI that's proven that you had a DUI, maybe some fancy lawyer can get you out of it, and you had a wreck, even though it was a one-car accident resulting in this, I think other coaches around would have went ahead and suspended him, gone ahead and suspended him without needing all of the details and information from court. I think that's enough, Trey. I think Stoops is sending a bad message here. Um, I just don't know. You're trying to rebuild a team. You're trying to, to get some great recruits. I think the last thing you want to do is lose respect, and I think a lot of players, if I'm a player on that team, and the coaching staff, I'm losing respect for this guy already. I mean, at what cost? I mean, it, it seems like to me he wants to win at all costs here. He doesn't want to lose to Western Kentucky and Bobby Petrino that first game. Well, I, I would be the same way if I was him. I wouldn't want to lose to Bobby Petrino either. But you got to make sure you're sending the right message to your kids. you got to make sure that you're, you're you get that discipline. But, um, and Paul, correct, I mean, the DUI is one game, the SEC, for the penalty. So he'll at least lose one game at some point if he is convicted. Um, so we'll have to see, Tarvin. Thank you for that, Paul. Uh, yeah, if you need something, Paul's the man. He can, he can pull it up real fast. He knows a lot of stuff. He must be a good typer, too. But, you know, Florida State, we, we need to announce that. Finally named their starting quarterback. Winston's going to be the quarterback. That's not a surprise. We You being a Florida State fan, and we previewed them, Trey. Uh, I think that's the right decision right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think we will see Coker unless Winston is uh, very solid. Coker, and they made all the right statements coming out, what you want to see a quarterback saying, hey, I'm going to be ready no matter what. But Winston should be the guy for the future. I mean, he's the kind of guy who you build your team around. Uh, Alabama wanted this kid something something insanely bad. So we'll see if Winston can be that good because I think the last quarterback that came in this hyped was Xavier Lee, and he didn't turn out very well for Florida State. But uh, so we'll see if he can live up to the hype. Well, some big news here in Texas A&M, and I don't know if you've heard about this or what you think about it, but the backup quarterback for Johnny Manziel, Matt Davis, is transferring. Yeah, that's, I think that's a big story right now. It sends a message that, A, that Johnny Manziel is not going to be suspended right now by his team. And, B, I mean, what, 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 what happens if Manziel gets hurt, Dre? I mean, who are they going to go to, a true freshman? No, they're going to be in trouble. Um, but it also indicates, too, I mean, if this guy doesn't think he can play next year because uh, maybe the freshman's sort of beating him on the depth chart because it seems like if you're this guy, then you know Manziel is in no way is this guy going to be at Texas A&M next year with everything that's going on. So if he can't keep the seat warm for a year, uh, that makes me think that yeah, he was going to get passed in the depth chart anyway. Yeah. Well, and also Sherman was the, the coach that recruited him. He redshirted. Um, so I think maybe the loyalty someone lies, you know, with his new incoming freshman and, and things like that more to fit his style. But I don't know. It could spell doom for Texas A&M, but it also tells me that Manziel, they're not going to suspend him right now uh, for the first few games at least. But what's going to happen is if it comes back out and Manziel's been on that field, every game that, that they won will be a loss. So just keep that in mind. Uh, when we're following this story a little bit. So, Trey, college football starts Thursday night, man. Uh, I'm excited. And and throughout this entire process, we've previewed a lot of teams, a lot of games. And so tonight is a chance for us to to pick the champions of each conference. And I'll let you begin. I'll let you name the conferences and everything, and we'll pick the teams. Yeah, and, Tarvin, you know, I meaning to ask you, do you want to hold off the national championship predictions until Wednesday in our preview show, or do you want to do them today? Uh, let's do them Wednesday. All right. So, Tarvin, we'll, we'll start off with the American Athletic, the former Big East. This shouldn't take long, Tarvin. I got Louisville winning this, this conference. I think uh, easy. I think the only other team that it could be is Cincinnati, but I got Louisville winning the American Athletic. Well, Cincinnati was my pick before Michael Dyer transferred to Louisville. Oh, man, that's that's going to be tough. I like Cincinnati, though, Tuberville there. And that's a tough – I mean, those are the only two teams that, that concern me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with my original gut feeling, Trey. I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win this division. Call me crazy, but I'm going to stay with my original prediction, uh, prediction Cincinnati. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't think it is too bold. I mean, Cincinnati should be a pretty good team this year, uh, not because of necessarily who their head coach is, but because they have some talent. So uh, not so crazy, Tarvin. I think it's going to be one of the two, Tarvin. So let's move down to the let's move down to the Big Twelve. Uh, we'll hit some of the smaller conferences on the way in between this. I'm just going to sort of go down this row here, Tarvin. I know this is crazy, but Texas has the most starters returning, almost than any team in the country. Mac Brown is really coaching for his job after being there for so many years. I have Texas winning the Big 12, Tarvin. Call me crazy. Uh, it's not crazy. I mean, the Big 12's 
I mean, it's it's they have good teams, but there's no team that just stands out and is capable of winning a national championship. I'm gonna go with Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State to win. I like their offense. Not much for their defense, but they open up with Mississippi State in a neutral side. I think they'll be able to take care of them. So, Trey, Oklahoma State it is. We're different again. Yeah, you know, I, I know I'm always on the right path for opposite than you, right? <laughs> yep. So, Tarvin, let's look at the Mountain West. So, the Mountain West is broken up into to the Mountain and the West. So, I'll start giving you my first. I'll give you my Mountain champion. I got Boise State out of the Mountain, Tarvin. I mean, is there another team? As <laughs> Jack, Jack Nicholson said, is there another kind? Is there another kind? Is there kind? another team? Yeah, is there another team? I mean, I, I can't pick anybody but Boise in this. Well, in the West, I think it's a little harder. I think there's a lot of teams that are very, very mediocre. Uh, I'm going to go out with San Diego State out of the West, Tarvin. team that was 9-4 and four last year. Lost some players, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that San Diego State wins the West of the of the Mountain West. Okay, I mean that's not a bad pick. All right, keep us moving. Who, who are you going with, Tarvin? Oh, BYU or uh, excuse me, Boise. Oh, but who are you going with the West? The West of the Mountain West. Boise is the mountain. Okay, hold on just a second. Sorry, I caught you off guard there. He did. I'm I'm thinking about another conference here. I'm I'm looking over something else. So you're saying the western side of that, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, San Diego State. All right, so Tarwin's got San Diego State. Tarwin, I think we both have Boise State winning the Mountain West, right, overall? Yes, sir. All right, so that'll move us on. Tarwin and I have the Mountain West exactly, so there we are. Uh, Tarwin, so let's, let's move on to... The conference that seems to play the SEC a lot, the Sun Belt. Tarvin, who do you like in the Sun Belt? Anybody in the in the Sun Belt were you big on this year? Mm, not really. I mean, I, I haven't. I don't study conferences really that that really don't matter. Well, Tarvin, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I think Louisiana Monroe <laughs> wins the Sun Belt, and I'm going. I, I know nothing about the Sun Belt. Well, what about Arkansas State? Well, they, well, I mean, they lost their head coach, though, Tarvin. I mean they're still loaded with talent. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Arkansas State to uh well that's a tough one. How about this? Let's pick let's pick U L Lafayette to win this division. Win this ah, yeah. We're both in Louisiana Tarvin. I like it. That's close enough. Okay, I like them. I mean they're a very athletic team. Um I think they'll probably win nine games this year, Trey, eight or nine games. Arkansas State did lose Malzahn. I think that'll hurt them, but they'll still be a force in that conference. But, you know, there's some decent teams in there. You have Troy. Western Kentucky is also a team with Bobby Petrino, Trey, that could sneak up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul says LAF is predicted to go 11-1. and So, um, yeah, Paul, Paul's, uh, Paul's on it this year for uh, – Louisiana, uh, Lafayette. So, sorry, I'm going to move us on and try to get us out of these uh, these small conferences. Let's, let's hit the Mid-American real quick. It's broken down into two divisions. Uh, in the East, uh, which is an honest-to-goodness uh, tough division to pick, giving my knowledge of the match. Uh But I'm going to say, Tarvin, uh, I'm looking at the East, in, or, and I'm going to go with Miami of Ohio. I'm not even picking this, man. I'm not picking conferences like this that 
that I really don't even pay attention to. So I'll skip my pick on that. All right, Tarvin's skipping, which is kind of like a punt, Tarvin. That's okay. You're, you're, you're testing your knowledge. I'll, I'll, st- I'll study it. I, when, when, I, when I thought about doing conference picking, I didn't think about picking these teams that, that are very irrelevant, really. So I, I should have well, been you, more I, specific in what I was asking you to do. Well, that's fine, but uh, you know, got to pick all. I could pick them all, but I'm going to go with Central Michigan out of the West, Tarvin, and I, I'm going to go with uh, Central Michigan winning the MAC too, as well. That's why I'm the host of this show. I should be running it. So we're, we're going to skip over uh, these these little pissy conferences that we're talking about here, Trey, and uh, move on to some bigger ones. Uh, the ACC conference this year. They have two sides. I'll let you go ahead and, and make your predictions on that. Uh, one second, Tarvin. I'm catching up with something real quick. So, what, you want to start with me real quick? Yeah, I'll start with it. Looking at the the ACC, it's actually, I mean, I guess as close to legitimate as you can be. Um, looking at it, I do like Clemson to win the Atlantic, and I like Miami to win the Coastal, which that Coastal division is very weak this year. I like Clemson Trey to win the ACC. Yeah, I got Clemson uh, obviously winning uh, over Florida State in the Atlantic. I got Miami in the Coastal. I have uh, Clemson beating Miami to win the ACC. Cool. So we're right there on on it with that one. Uh, Let's move over to the Big Ten Conference. And I think we talked about this the other night, Trey. Go ahead. Two divisions. Yeah. Yeah. In the Big Ten, they're going to change these names. But right now we have the Leaders Division. Tarvin in the leaders' division. I have Ohio State winning the leaders' division. That's who I have. And in the legends' division, uh, I actually have uh, Michigan winning that division, and I have Ohio State winning the Big Ten. There you go. I think Michigan beats Ohio State the last game of the year, but I think in the championship game, Ohio State gets revenge. Ohio State is your Big Ten champion. Yeah, I agree with you right there, Tarvin. So, uh, right on the money. Where do you want to move to next? Uh, let's go to the big – we just talked about the Big 12, and I picked Oklahoma State, you picked Texas. So, that's where you threw me off. We started talking about the big boys, and then we move over to the I'll, – I'll save my predictions for those Wednesday night and, and go over them at the end. It'll take about two seconds to do that so I can actually look over some of those teams. I was talking more about teams we actually previewed. But let's go to the Pac-12, Trey. I mean, that's a – that's going to be a tough, tough conference this year. A lot of good teams in it. Who do you like? I got Stanford in the North, Tarvin, way in the North, over Oregon. And I have UCLA taking the South again, just like last year. And I have Stanford beating UCLA. Okay. I have Oregon and UCLA. I have Oregon winning the Pac-12. I, I don't think Stanford, like I said, I think they take a step back. Uh, the Oregon Ducks are the the cream of the crop in that, that conference tray. I like them a lot this year. They could possibly play for the championship. Yeah, I mean, I think Oregon and Stanford, that whole that whole conference could come down to that one game. So, and I think that's going to be a pick them. So. All right. Well, I guess that leaves us with with the Big East, right, Trey? Just one of them, the Big East. The Big East does not exist anymore. I'm joking, man. Come on. I want to go to the the best conference in football right now, guys. I want to go to the SEC the, and did you say the ACC? <laughs> I thought you were going. Oh to yeah, I, I'm sorry. We skipped the conference USA. 
Um, but the SEC is going to be very interesting this year. I think the Western side, guys, I think it's pretty much, you know, it's hard to pick against Alabama. But the East trade is going to be the the tough one to predict. I think it's, there's a, it's a three-team race with Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. And I'm going to be crazy here, Trey. I'm going to pick South Carolina to win the East and play Alabama in the SEC championship game. Well, and I'll, expl- I'll explain this more on Wednesday in my thinking, but I'm picking <laughs> Florida to win the East. Okay. And uh, I guess you're picking Alabama to win the West, right? Yep, Alabama to win the West, and Alabama wins the SEC. Okay. South Carolina, I have South Carolina, Trey has Florida. And then Wednesday night, I promise you, we'll spend five minutes on these other small conferences, Trey. I'm sorry you caught me off guard tonight. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to make my predictions on those yet since I haven't studied them. That's fine, buddy. And Wednesday night, we'll make our national championship predictions. And, man, I can't believe it. I mean, it's just like I can't believe college football is starting Thursday night, Trey. I mean, I know I know we're not previewing yet, but is there a game on Thursday night that's got your attention? Well, I'm, I'm going to hold on to the – yeah, there there is, Tarvin. I'm going to hold on to it just for, just for a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about our previews. But that, I'm excited about college football. <laughs> I'm excited about the opening kickoff. Uh, of these games. I'm tremendously excited about some games on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, even on Thursday, tournament, North Carolina-South Carolina game has got my attention. North Carolina-South Carolina? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that line's a little high. I think Vegas has it at 11 right now. I mean, that's early in the year. We saw last year South Carolina struggle with Vanderbilt and almost lose. Trey, I think sometimes Vegas misses these. I think North Carolina's better an 11-point underdog the first week of the season to South Carolina. I know it's in South Carolina, but I'm, I'm with you. I think that's very intriguing, and we're going to also preview Mississippi and Vanderbilt. Ole Miss goes on the road to Vanderbilt. I think this is a big game for both of these teams. I think it could really determine which direction they go in, and like I said, we'll preview these uh, coming up Wednesday night. Man, I'm, I'm so excited, man. I, I just can't express enough. This football season on Block Talk Radio, we in Sports Talk, we're going to blow it up. Right now we are, we know for sure we're a top five program on Block Talk Radio, Trey. So our goal is to get number one and stay there after this football season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we were definitely trying, we're trying to get there, trying to get there better for you. So, Tarvin, let's talk about um, do we have anybody who wants to call into our show and admit that they're a college football junkie? I don't think anybody has the guts to call in. I think everybody's ashamed. But let me start out, Trey. I'll go ahead and start out. Since since I brought this topic up, I have to admit, Trey, I am a college football junkie. And to me, a junkie is someone that wakes up in the morning on Saturdays, and they wake up extra early just to make sure everything's in order before they start watching at 9 o'clock, watching all the game day and everything. And it's one person that doesn't quit watching it till say, what, 2 in the morning till the last game is finished. And I, does that does that mean I'm a junkie, Trey, in your opinion? I think so, man. It means that you're on, you're on it, man. You're, you, got, you got the junkie in you. Well, also to be a junkie, I think you, you have to go to games and you have to – to multitask, I go to a lot of football games, and sometimes I go to games that's not even my own, but it doesn't matter who's playing if college football is on. And it could be a Tuesday night, Trey. I'm watching football. 
Some you know how they get those smaller conferences. You wanted to preview <laughs> those games play on Tuesday, but I'm there every night. And and to me, a junkie is someone that puts football, you know, uh, over a lot of things. Of, of course, you can't put football over your marriage and God and things like that, your religion, your job. But Trey, I think a junkie is someone that that just eats, breathes, and sleeps college football, man. And I don't know, are you a junkie? You know, it's tough with your definition, Tarvin. I, I haven't been to a college sport game in quite a while. I've been in Vegas for the last four years. Um, I think I maybe I, went, I know I went to an Air Force game against UNLV, uh, I think a year ago, or you know, not last season, but the year before that. So, um, you know, I'm not sure, Tarvin. I, I don't catch game day every week. I'll, I'll admit that to say that I don't catch game day all the time. I do watch a, a tremendous amount of college football, though. So, Tarvin, am I a junkie? I'm watching football on every Saturday. You know, I'm watching Thursday nights, but I'm missing game day, Tarvin, and I'm not going to games every year. So what do you think? Well, I, I can forgive the not going to games, but, but missing games, like, you know, missing game day and stuff, the only time I miss game day is when I'm traveling to a game. So, I mean, I can't – I think you are, Trey, but I, I do wonder about you being a junkie sometimes. So I need you to prove it to me more and more this year just to show me you are. And, and you know, like – like Jason Humphrey says, he wakes up at six to watch game day, and I, I I do believe Jason Humphrey's a college football junkie, Trey. Just just from my conversations with him here on Block Talk Radio, what do you think? Uh, Jason Humphrey, Jason, you're 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 definitely a junkie. You predicted some crazy stuff for your college football team in Oregon. That makes you a junkie. Yeah, but junkie is also someone that, that gets ready on Friday nights for the games on Saturday, just sitting there studying them, looking at the, the TV guide, DVRing. You have to have a remote in your hand, too. And I think we have a junkie on the line here, 262 area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, this is Quinn. I'm just wondering, so does it count if I'm a junkie, if I can't watch game days in the morning because most Saturdays I usually have – a meet or I have practice, but I'm usually on my phone after meets. If, like, it's an away meet, like, really far away, I'll be on my phone watching football games. Quinn, I know you're a junkie, man. I know I was in cross-country, too, in school, and sporting events couldn't be there Saturday morning. But I one time – now, this is a college football junkie. This was getting close to the state meet. You know how important these meets are. Auburn and Florida was played in the swamp. Auburn was like a 24, 28-point underdog, something like that. I called in sick, actually, um, said I was sick, missed the meet, and actually watched Auburn upset Florida in the swamp. So I think I'm a junkie. And, Quinn, I know you are, man. Anybody that can pull for Notre Dame has to be a junkie, man. Yeah, but like, like at the Auburn games last season, like since they play at eleven o'clock a lot, I would be watching on my phone just so I could watch the game. Yeah, Trey, do you think Quinn's a junkie? Yeah, Quinn, you're a junkie, buddy. Welcome to the, welcome to the club. Quinn, you're a junkie, man. Thanks for calling. We have another caller lined up. Five four one area code. You're on way in sports. Are you a junkie? Um, yes and no. I, I per se, I don't wake up to watch game day because one is 6 a.m. And with my work, um, I record football games for the local high school, um, 
and they have games like two, three hours away sometimes. So, but when it comes to stats and whatnot, my dad always called me the stat boy. So that's why you see a lot of crazy predictions. Well, Jason, I think if you're laying in bed and you're being lazy, I don't think you're a chunky man. I'm, Trey, I'm starting to have second thoughts about Jason here. Um, no, I I watched some game. Yeah, I'm yeah. I think if you're watching yeah. games, man, game day does not equal a donkey to me. Uh, you know, what if what if Fox Sports won? What if you want to watch Fox Sports one this year? Uh, you know, so I'm just telling you, Tarvin. I I think that uh, somebody watches these games and they watch more than just their team. I think you're starting to feel the fever of a junkie. Well, I mean, like last year, watching Auburn Trey, if I didn't watch someone else, I'd probably have hanged myself. So um, <laughs> you have to you have to really be able to be a junkie to watch other teams. Even I mean, I stay up. You can ask my wife. She she's the one that nicknamed me the. She said the confessions of a college football junkie, and and she's right. I love it. I mean, the older you get, the more you prioritize your life, and you you know football is not your life, but. It's it's the it's the weddings and like Jason and Sonia they're not here tonight, but Trey I don't know if you've heard their story is they they made their uh, they made their wedding around the Alabama Penn State game, and they got married early in the morning because Sonia found out that Alabama was playing Penn State and so she moved her wedding to early in the morning so they got married they changed their clothes and they went and watched the Alabama Penn State game. Now that's a junk. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely junkies. I mean, they have a house that is sort of uh, based on the temple of college football for sure. Yeah, I mean, Sonia is a college football junkie, and Jason, the angry gopher, he's a big college football junkie too. So the stories like that where I see people, especially the woman involved, it's usually, you know, it's usually the man, but when Sonia was the bride, the one changing that time of the wedding, because Alabama was playing at 3.30 against Penn State, Trey. I have to – if Sonia would have called in tonight and give that story, I would probably make her the college football junkie winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So your wife likes college football. Is she a junkie? My wife is not a big college football fan. She she loves Nebraska. She she keeps up with them a little bit, but she doesn't watch the games. She doesn't have to watch the games. Um, she's not like me. Really, you know, if I, you know, my team's playing. I never really need to watch the game. Uh, she likes. She like. She's a big Nebraska fan, but she doesn't have to catch all the games. And my wife just she watches Auburn. She's like, I'm gonna watch the game with you tonight, and she sits in there watches the kickoff, and then she gets bored with about a minute going by in the first quarter, and she gets up and does something else. But hey, I'm a junkie. But I, she knows that on Saturdays during football season, it's a short period of time that. I call the shots in this relationship on the weekend. So, so Trey, I, I do treat her good. I do take her out and stuff. But it has to be a, a boring night on Saturday with no football games on, which is it usually doesn't happen now that ESPN carries that SEC night game. Yeah, I mean, and now with Fox Sports 1, Tarver, I think we're going to have a lot more college football to see you, which is always a good thing. Yeah, but no, and one more thing I want to say is, is Trey, I do not talk on the phone during football games. If Auburn is playing, do not call me. Do not text me unless it's something positive. Do not text me negative things about Auburn during the game. Do not call me unless there's a death of, if, you know, someone died or 
or could be. I mean, if they're in if they're in ICU tray and maybe they're not dead yet, don't call me. Just wait, wait until you know something more significant. Is that how you are? <laughs> well, not no. I, I don't go that far, Terman. I'll take a, I'll take a call, but most of the time it's going to go to voicemail. I'll take I'll text. Okay, I'm going to call you during Florida State game this year. I'm going to do a uh, a test on Trey to see how many times he picks up during the uh, during the call, actually. So, Trey, before we go, we have to do the Heisman Trophy candidates, and I'll let you start. And let's let's give your candidates tonight. Who's going to win the Heisman? Who's that dark horse out there? Well, and just to, just so you know, Tarvin, the way we're going to handle this is, Tarvin, I'm going to give you my top five. I'll do it one at a time, and you tell me if they're on your top five list. And if you in the chat room disagree. Give us a call or tell us in the chat room. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. Tarvin, so I'm going to give you five names, and these are the five guys I think are going to be up for the Heisman Trophy. So the first one, Tarvin, is the, is the quarterback for Louisville, uh, and these are in no particular order, but I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Tarvin, what do you think? Is he in the top five? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say he is, and he's barely on there. And it's the only thing is they don't have any big games on TV that are huge, really, in a in a like a nationally televised game. But just because he's on the preseason list, and I think they could go undefeated. Yeah, I think he's going to be a top five. All right, Tyrone. My, my number four guy is Marcus Mariota, the quarterback for Oregon. I think he's going to put up big numbers this year, Tarvin. No, I don't have him on there. Ah, oh, Jason, tell me about that one in the chat room. Uh, my number, uh, my next guy, Tarvin, Braxton Miller. Yeah, I, I think he's on me. All right, so Tarvin, that's that's three. Uh, number two, Tarvin, J.D. Clowney. Jay Clowney. Mm, God, that's a tough one. I mean, he's awesome and everything, but I'm going to say no, Trey. Wow, so Tarvin, right now you, I think you only have two of my top five. So I'm going to blow your mind with this last one. This is my dark horse guy. Uh, everybody talks about A.J. McCarron. I'm not going there. The guy I think off Alabama who may get some Heisman love and be at the be at the trophy ceremony, T.J. Yeldon. That's a that's a I mean that's a not a bold pick, but. I see where you're coming from. I think if there's an Alabama guy on there, it's going to be A.J. McCarron. I think Yeldon could win the Heisman next year. But I think if Alabama does what everybody thinks they're going to do, they're going to reward A.J. McCarron with that trophy. But let me give you a couple you missed maybe that I think you could have missed right here. And I think DeAnthony Thomas trade for Oregon, the running back, I think he's so electric. And I think he's going to make so many big plays this year that I think he's going to – he, they're going to split. That could be trouble. But I think DeAnthony Thomas is your guy from Oregon that's on there. And let's not forget about Taj Boy, Trey. I mean, this kid is a senior now at Clemson. They're supposed to have a big year. If they go 11-1, and one, win the ACC, something like that, I think he's getting a dinner as well. And, and don't – Todd Gurley for Georgia. I mean, this guy is a freaking monster. I mean, he's a beast. I think he could possibly be on there. But, Trey, we differ. But I think a lot of people's Heisman Trophy – list too, but I didn't hear Johnny Manziel on your list, right? Wow, imagine that, Tarvin. I think Manziel, with being possibly suspended, but even if he doesn't, Tarvin, I think that voters are not only going to penalize him, but I, I think that you're going to see a down year from him. There's just too much going on. 
I question whether he's even going to be on the field, Tarvin. So I am not putting him in my top five right now. Okay. And tell us about Marquise Lee. Is he anywhere close to your list? I mean, I think with the quarterback controversies at Southern Cal and losing uh, Barkley, I think Lee could suffer this year. Yeah, he's not on my top five list because of that issue. I'm not so sure that his numbers are going to equate. From a, I mean, just think about it, Tarvin. How, how hard is it for a receiver to get the Heisman love? I mean, they have to put up ginormous numbers to really get in consideration. Uh, it's the same as, you know, a defensive player. I mean, it's just really hard for a defensive player and a receiver to really get that kind of attention. It's like such a quarterback and running back uh, sort of driven award. So I think Lee doesn't put up the numbers to get him there. I'm going to give you one name, Trey. Here's a sleeper that could get on that list, and not many people's talking about him. He plays at Baylor, Lachey Seastrunk. He is a, a, a monster, too, in my opinion. He can fly. He can run the football. And, but the thing is, Baylor, I mean, RG3 won it because he's a quarterback. How hard is it going to be for a running back at Baylor to win the Heisman Trophy? Because you know they're, going to, they're not going to win many games, and that's one criteria, it seems like with the Heisman Trophy lately, is you have to be in the title hunt, really. You have to play on a good team. Well, yeah, I, I think C-Struck is going to be his problem. But, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you know, Robert Griffin third won his, and, you know, it wasn't as if Baylor was a BCS team when they won it. So, um, or when he won it, excuse me. So, you know, it's possible. Well, I just want to say in closing, Trey, that one of the things I'm going to say in closing is college football junkie is not over. We can go week to week. And I want everybody to know they can call in and tell us why. It's not just tonight. This is going on for the rest of the season. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, please call in. If you're a, a wife out there, maybe your husband's a junkie, you want to share it, call it. Maybe your wife's a junkie, call it in. But, Trey, before we leave, I have to get your rant tonight. Well, for, for tonight, this is my rant really revolves around college football. And you're saying, well, how am I going to rant against college football? I'm going the opposite way. I'm ranting for college football tonight. I, it, it's time, Tarvin. This is our last Sunday show. We're not actually talking about active games. So I'm ready to talk about college football. The hype is over. For now, my rant is this. This is your last week, if you're a college football fan, to overhype your players and your team. So, Tarvin, have at it. If you're an Auburn fan, tell me why. I mean, post on our page. Tell us why they're going to go 12-0. and Post your rant about how great your football teams are because it's the last week for every team in college football, even those mid-American teams, all think they're VCS and national championship bound. So, Tarvin and America have at it. Let's talk about college football uh, just a little bit longer in our previews before we talk about games. So, Tarvin, good luck for Auburn. Good luck for Florida. Good luck for everybody. But most importantly, good luck for the Knowles, buddy. Yeah, and everybody's undefeated right now. You're right. If you want to pick your team, run your mouth about them, now's the time. Because after you start out 0-1, you have to kind of zip it a little bit. Clemson, Georgia fans, I think we're going to see some of them shut up. LSU fans can really shut up after TCU takes care of business, Trey. So you're only going to be undefeated for only a short period of time. I think that's the biggest thing. And before we go real quick, Trey, Paul's on the line. He wants to go over his top five real quick. Paul, what's your top five Heisman list and who's going to win it? All right. Man, I had to call in and get in on the Heisman. You know me with the Heisman list. Um, I think they're going to invite five this year, which is usually the max. Sometimes they'll do four. But um, I've got 
Of course, I got my boy Johnny Manziel. I think he's going to get a visit. Not uh, he's not going to win, but like I said earlier, I think he's going to get an invite. I also had to put Braxton Miller in there. I think he'll get there. I had to go with Lachey Sistrunk, Jadavion Clowney, and then here's my dark horse for the Heisman. I think he gets an invite. I've got Braxton Miller actually winning the Heisman, but I think my dark horse is going to be Kadeem Carey from Arizona. Wow, that's a good dark horse. That's a good name. I, I forgot about him. He is. Didn't he leave the league in, or the NCAA in rushing last year? He did. He did. Yeah, that's a, that's a good running back, man. Paul, I, he had I appreciate you calling in, buddy. 1,900 yards uh, rushing and 23 touchdowns last year. Well, if he if he gets close, I'll I'll give you your kudos for that, Paul. Thanks for calling in, Trey. Not a bad not a bad list for Paul there. No, and you know, you, I think we've hit a lot of the guys already. But if you have other picks, we're gonna uh, Paul's gonna post uh, in in our our uh, our webpage, uh, Way in Sports, our, our group on Facebook, our, every, everything we predicted tonight, including our Heisman. I'll put it out over our link. Or way in sports on Facebook and Twitter. If you have something, you have guys who you think should be in top five, let us know. Uh, you know, I'm not announcing a winner right now, Tarvin, but I'm strongly leaning towards TJ Yeldon. Um, and that's just because I think this is going to be a running back year again. I think this is – I know a lot of people are thinking McCarron. A lot of people are thinking that Bama, uh, they'll, they'll award that. But I think that the guy that this year, the star of Alabama, could be TJ Yeldon. So, um, we'll see, Tarvin, but it's always a good conversation well, to have. And like, you know, well, even after losing three offensive linemen, you still feel that. I, I do, Tarvin. I, I think that uh, I think mm. the Yellow's gonna have a big year. He could have a big year, but I just don't think it's high and worthy. But tonight, college football junkie is Quinn Thomas. I mean, this is a Notre Dame fan, an Auburn fan. I mean. You have to have guts to pull for two teams out there like that and be vocal on boards and and everything. And Quinn takes a beating sometimes out there, but he's always a good sport about it. So Quinn Thomas tonight is our winner, and we're going to continue this on through the season. Jason, sorry, buddy. Uh, You got edged out tonight, but maybe you can get them next time. But Wednesday night we're going to have our show, the last show before college football kickoff. And, Trey, we're going to preview some games. A lot of games, actually, you're going to come up with the list and you're going to post it out on our website and we're going to have some fun with it. So see if you can beat the host this time. I, I know our crown's big. I think we won it a lot of the times, but there were several people. Trey Jonathan Miklo said he's going to win it every time this year. So what are your thoughts on that real quick? <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up, Trey. Next time we meet here on Way in Sports Talk, it's college football time. And, you know, in closing here, we'll play a little Kenny Chesney, Boys of Fall, just to get everybody in that college football mood. Y'all have a great week. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle 
listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall They didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart with sweat and blood To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, let's turn and face the stars that strapped it Fighting back them butterflies that call it in And it's knocking heads and talking trash Slinging mud and dirt and grass I got your number, I got your back When your back's against the wall You mess with one man You've got a song The boys are fall. In little towns like mine, that's all they got Newspaper clippings fill the coffee shops The old men will always think they know it all Young girls will dream about the boys will fall Well, it's turn and face the stars and... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.